0: Thank you all for being here. Again, welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. My name is Father Ryan Betway, and I'm, uh, I am one of the pastors here, and uh, very excited to be a part of uh, this worship service during this Eastertide where we are worshiping um, in this unique season of our lives. And uh, it's, it's a unique space. It's a unique uh, moment where each of us we 're each coming and we 're bringing
1: uh,
0: <coughs> who we are in Christ and, and where uh, and the things that we are bringing in today we are bringing into our worship and also into our witness to Jesus Christ of our tr- Christian life uh, and we 're not just doing that individually but we 're doing it together collectively uh, and and that 's the main point of our passage today, first Peter two verses 1 through 12, that the Christian life in the light is one of worship and witness. Uh, and that is to say that we are living the Christian life together, uh, and it is a joy. So uh, with that, if you would, please join with me as we, uh, in a word of prayer as we go together to God's word. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. the oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. 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 We all know the saying that uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, and this hit home to me uh, no harder than when I started composting. <laughs> Uh, what, what I used to see as scraps of food that I would uh, that I would throw into the trash, uh, a, a banana peel here, uh, some uh, orange peels there, some scraps of bread left over from uh, a recipe over here, uh, I began to see as a gold mine <laughs> that that someone else could use to redeem it and to, to use it for a, a new purpose. I was living in, uh, in Washington, D.C. in a small apartment. So, as you can imagine, I, I could only collect up my food scraps and take them to the local farmer's market and donate them to uh, a, a nonprofit where they could use it. They, they would go give it to uh, various people who would be in need for uh, such things. I didn't have anything to grow of my own. And then I, uh, with the, uh, about a y- uh, year and a half ago, I moved, uh, and we uh, we have more space now. And so, uh, of course, immediately I thought, yes, I get to have an awesome compost heap, which is, I'm sure, exactly what my wife was thinking too. <laughs> and lo and behold, what I originally imagined as an awesome. Compost heap has become three awesome <laughs> compost heaps. I still haven't gotten to the point of actually gardening, <laughs> but I have amazing compost when I do finally get around to it. If anybody needs some, please come and ask me. Using, using the, 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 the scraps of, uh, of the things that others would just merely throw away, like leaves and grass clippings and food scraps, it, it became somewhat of an obsession to me. And, and I realized there was something in this practice that, that screamed out to me uh, about the, the idea of redeeming that which was, uh, was thrown out, to see it used for a new purpose, to, to, to see it used for uh, some kind of cycle other than to merely go to the landfill or, or to, to simply create uh, more obstacles for others, but actually to be used for a new purpose. Uh, and that's what we see here in this passage as well. The, the most famous and obvious example of that—the stone that the builders rejected—has become the cornerstone. We, with this uh, quintessential phrase that uh, from this passage of First Peter that we we hear, of course, Jesus Christ, the one who was scorned and forgotten, and who was uh, hung up to die on a cross. Here, he is described as the one rejected by man. And yet, he is also described and defined as the one who is acceptable. He, he is described as the one who is chosen and precious in God's sight. And, and yes, I'm, I'm using a metaphor of, of, of compost to, to uh, compare to Jesus because in, in this sense, Jesus gives us this new purpose as the people of Christ he gives us a new opportunity to live a, a new life out of darkness as this passage says as in, and into the marvelous light of Christ uh, and, and uh, we do that in two ways uh, according to this passage we, through our worship and through our witness through our worship and through our witness I want to focus first on worship. You see, our worship is spiritual, this passage says. So looking at verse 5, it says, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a royal priesthood, to, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. We are defined as acceptable to God through Christ. Jesus Christ is, is that living stone rejected by men, chosen and precious in God's sight. And we, like Jesus, like the living stone, are made into a royal priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices. To offer spiritual sacrifices. So this idea of the sacrifice it's echoing uh, what Uh, Moses was called to, by God, um, in in Exodus, uh, and and what Moses is meant to lead Israel into, uh, in Exodus uh, chapter 19, verses 5 through 6, Israel is called to be a kingdom of priests. It says, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And, of course, Peter is picking up on that. And this is the same language that we see other, uh, other apostles picking up on as well. This same idea we see in Paul. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this is your spiritual act of worship. This is our spiritual act of worship. Our worship, in that sense, is is meant to glorify God. Our lives today are a continuation in the sense of what the church is called to. A continuation of that calling. Sorry about that. And uh, we as this kingdom of priests participate in this spiritual worship. And when we're coming here together, um, we, we recognize that our worship is uh, not just spiritual, but it's collective as well. You see, we come in as individuals, of course, and, and, and we're coming, maybe you're coming today just full of the Spirit and alive and ready to lift holy hands. You're ready. You've come with a song and a hymn and spiritual songs to encourage your brothers and sisters, and you are ready to be here and to build one another up. Or maybe you came here today uh, like barely by the skin of your teeth and are ready to leave immediately after the service because uh, you don't really want to interact with anyone. Um, and, and I just want to say to you, where, wherever you're coming today, praise be to God, you are here. You are here in the worship of God's holy people. You are here to receive from Him and to build one another up one way or the other. It does not matter if you have come ready or if you have come tired and lonely and afraid and by the skin of your teeth you are here and you have come. And this passage says when as you come to Him the one living stone rejected you Yourselves, like living stones are being built up. You see, our worship is ongoing. See, as we come to Christ, as we come, our worship is like living stones, like a house. It's growing. It's so much greater is the temple of God. than than a building that is made by human hands, the church of Christ. We come and we worship together the, I don't know, quick count, like 30-something plus the kids. I don't know. That's up to the greeters and and things. (laughs) They can take the count. But we come. It's not just us, and it's not just the Anglican communion. It's not even just the church of Christ that's here on earth, but it is all of the house of God who together with the angels and the archangels and all the company of heaven, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. Praise be to God. And we worship, we participate in that. So so thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for worshiping Jesus. And I invite you to participate even deeper in that worship today. You see, the church, um, in our catechism, it says, what is the church? The church is the whole community of faithful Christians in heaven and on earth, called and formed by God into one people. Thank you for being a part of the church. The church on earth gathers to worship God in word and sacrament, to serve God and neighbor and to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. And, and so, yes and amen, we are here. And, and we worship God. Yes, today, but each and every day. The, the other thing that we recognize as a, a people, uh, as, a, as a church, as the, the body of Christ, the Corpus Christi, if you will, is that we are living a life in the light to, um, to worship and witness. See, our, our witness um, in this passage, Peter is, is really clear about uh, a, a pretty clear de- demarcation between believer and unbeliever. He, he uses that language, uh, so I'm going to use that language. Uh, it makes us uncomfortable sometimes to make... Those clear demarcations, but again, the reason is because he wants to make very clear that not only should it be internally something that we we know and understand, uh, that we that we uh, ha- have worked out these things inside, but that it's something that people should see in us as well. That, that, that they should know the difference, and it's it's not just like oh, the church are people who get into their silos and go worship and then they stay there and the rest of the world is outside that no, they they should be able to recognize us by our love they should be able to recognize the witness that we have that they should be able to recognize it as it says here in this passage the emphasis is on belief in the living stone Jesus Christ of so belief or unbelief. See, as Christians, witnessing to Christ means that we have to be prepared to live a costly life. Uh, sometimes witnessing to Jesus it is as simple as people knowing that we are Christians and us not being rude. <laughs> And, and oftentimes, that's a lot harder. I'm dead serious. That's a lot harder than convincing myself that I would be a martyr for Jesus. A lot harder. See, our witness is how we live with our neighbors and our household. Uh, it would be a lot easier if God just said, hey, we'll deal with me and you and our hearts. Right? And then, and then that's it. But he said, "No, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself." You see, that's our calling. It's the neighbor as yourself part that I struggle with. I don't know about you guys. I, I, I and and what we recognize is that this calling to witness is one of, uh, one of uh, the the conflict of our hearts, even to love God Himself. Uh. Aristotides of Athens um, wrote this to the Emperor Hadrian in Rome in the second century uh, about what, the, what it meant to witness as a Christian. And he's this is a time when Christians are um, being persecuted by the, for the government. But he's just trying to explain, essentially, to the emperor, like, "Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we are trying to live out." And it says this Christians. Have the commands of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah himself, etched into their hearts. They keep these commandments, looking forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. They do not engage in adultery or sexual immorality, they do not bear false witness, neither do they covet that which belongs to others. They honor father and mother, love their neighbors. Judge according to justice and do not do to others anything that they do not wish to be done to them. Are you blushing yet? Because I'm terrified and guilty of everything here. But I'll continue. They comfort those who injure them, even trying to win them over as their friends. They are eager to do good to their enemies, They are gentle and easy to approach. With an appeal, they abstain from unlawful lifestyles and all impurity. They neither neglect the widow or oppress the orphan. What each one has, he is willing to give freely to care for the one who has nothing. If they see one of their number outcast, they take him under their roof and rejoice over him as they would over a brother. They call themselves brothers, not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. They are even prepared to sacrifice their lives for the sake of the Messiah. Again, I think it's a lot easier to relate to the notion of, that he mentions at the end to die for Jesus than it is to be approachable to someone who disagrees with me or even hates me to pray for them rather than scorn for them or or to slander them with someone else afterwards. And I am guilty, brothers and sisters, of this in my own lives, in my own life. But I am also humbled that still my calling is to witness to the living God. While I struggle, I still am able to strain, as Peter is calling this church too, to struggle more, to die the thousand deaths. I'm daily called to live, walking with those who are called to serve, who I'm called to walk with. When I was going to, um, when I was in college, I, I felt called to go uh, abroad for ministry and i went to a, a conference in colorado and uh, for two days and the the conference was aimed at those who are trying to discern a call to um, a, a certain ministry called young life and um, i was so excited i had so many ideas and i was ready to go and i was so prepared to to go i said jesus take me where you calling me to witness to your glory I, what do, will you have with me? Where will you send me? I am yours. I am ready. Take me. And, and to be clear, I did go abroad and became, you know, a, a, a missionary for a couple of years in East Asia. But that day on the on the plane while I was flying. The only thing that came to my head was go home and talk to your dad, and I was like, no, that's not what I meant. Like, I mean, like, where are you sending me, Jesus? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to witness to your glory. It's like I, I need you to go, forgive your father, and I need you to ask your father for forgiveness. I'm like, no, that's, well, that's not what I meant. I'm ready. To witness to your glory, to preach to the nations. Where will you send me? To eight two nine four Deep Valley Court. No, that, that is where my parents live. But and, and I and I did. I and I was like, Dad, I don't know how to do this. But and to be honest, that conversation took about five years and still ongoing in its own way. As that often happens, but that was so much harder than going to East Asia for me. and And that is the calling that we have to witness to his glory in and of itself. And, and I just want to lead, and I just want to end you with this, that in, in the, one of our most powerful elements of witness that we're called to is the sacraments, to the reconciliation that we have. That um, this is a, a, a quote from Herman, Herman Bobbink, a, a theologian. Uh, and he says this um, The sacraments do not work faith, but reinforce it, as a wedding ring reinforces love. They bestow on us the same Christ in another way and by another road, and so strengthen our faith. They renew the believer's covenant with God, and they strengthen them. In the communion of Christ, join them more closely to each other They set them apart in the world and witness to angels and to fellow human beings showing that they are the people of God, the church of Christ, the communion of saints. And so, brothers and sisters, let us worship and witness today as we come to the table that we would be transformed together that we be transformed within the life of the church through the reading of our scriptures and through our receiving of our sacraments, through our worship and our prayer today, and through the fellowship of our people in loving worship and witness to the world. Jesus, may we witness to you and worship you as God and King today. Call each of us, and collectively Amen Amen.